0: Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Father, I just thank you so much. You're a good God. Lord, your word tells us it is for freedom that you set us free. You love us so much. You came and died for, our, for us in our place on the cross that we deserve that we might have freedom. Just for freedom's sake. I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done. I thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, now I pray that as we move into a time of worship through your word, that your anointed word of God will penetrate every heart. Lord, let, let it, Lord, your word is a consuming fire. You, Lord, your word is a double-edged sword. Let it penetrate every heart, separate soul from spirit, bone from marrow. And Lord, I pray that you will guide my words. Let me say no more, no less than what you would have me to say. Lord, give me boldness to say what I need to say. In your mighty name, Jesus, I pray. Lord, let all glory be to you. Amen. You may be seated. We serve a good God. Amen. We serve a mighty God. Amen. Amen. Today, we are going to continue in our series, kind of, Jesus is Greater, but let's just say it's Jesus is Greater Christmas edition. So we're going to get back to Hebrews, we will, we will, but I want to... What, what a better narrative than the Christmas story to establish the superiority of Christ. We live, the kingdom of God is a backwards and upside down kingdom. And the king of the universe, the mighty God, eternal, always was, always is, always will be. He exists eternally outside of time like right now, God is present in your past. He's present in your present, and he is active in your future. Because God is not confound by the linear timeline. He exists outside of time. He, he was the spark that created everything, and he existed before anything. And yet, when he stepped into humanity on this third rock from a small solar system in the Milky Way galaxy, he chose to be born in a barn. A backwards, an upside-down kingdom. He could have waited till today that we have all the modern conveniences. We can talk to people seamlessly, across the globe, instantly. But he chose a ragtag team of ragamuffins to start this whole show called The Church. Backwards. And how did they communicate? They wrote letters. And they went into the public square and declared the gospel of Jesus Christ to all that could hear their voice without the convenience of a microphone. And yet that's how God wanted to change the world. I know this because God is sovereign, which means he's in control of all things, that he came at the preside the precise moment, at just the right moment in human history that the maximum number of people will receive salvation. That's why he was born 2,000 years ago. With that said, today's message is titled until it happens. Until it happens. And we're going to look at two passages of scripture. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38 and we're going to be looking at Matthew 18 tw- um, Matthew 1 18 through 25. <clears throat> and both of these are from <clears throat> Excuse me. Both of these one is Mary's perspective And one is Joseph's perspective. And it is when the angels came to visit. So let's jump right into Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. To a virgin named Mary, she was, in, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Here's the interesting thing about <clears throat> the lineage of Christ. If you look at the lineage in Matthew and the lineage in Luke, one of them is actually Mary's lineage and one of them is actually Joseph's lineage. And so the reason why they both end with Joseph is because they would have hardly ever continued a line through the woman. They might mention a woman in the lineage, which they do, but the line is always carried through the man, so they gave credit to Joseph for both sides, but Jesus is double from the house of David simply because Joseph is a descendant of King David and Mary is a descendant of King David. Just, that's bonus, a little Bible college nerd, nerdery coming out in me. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. I'm going to pause there for a second, because as I was going through my message um, this morning, um, I really felt like I needed to tell someone this. This has nothing to do with my points, but it is a point I need to make. Mary had so many questions about this one statement Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. I don't know who needs to hear this, but what made Mary favored? What made Mary favored? Was she just like super good at everything? Did she like do extra chores? Did she like fold her dad's underwear a certain way? I mean, what made her favored? Oh, you said faith. It doesn't actually say. It just says she's favored. I think, I think this is really key. Because some of us feel like we're not favored of God, and that God doesn't have a purpose for us because we're not favored of God. You know, this is that um, this hit me really hard. What made Mary favored? She was consistent and faithful. She did what she was supposed to do, and she consistently did it. Maybe you feel like you're not doing enough. Well, what does God ask you to do? Because up to this point in her life, guess what? She was a teenager, maybe 15, 16 years old. Her job was going and getting water in the morning, preparing meals, washing clothes, doing dishes, That was the first century woman. They didn't get to go to school. They didn't get any of that. So what separated her from all the others? She did it consistently and faithfully. I don't know who needs to hear that, but God's favor can rest upon you even as you just do consistent and faithful things. You're like, well, how is God's favor resting on me? Just keep doing consistently. Where has God placed you and do that consistently? What does God ask you to do and do that faithfully? And God's favor will rest on you. God's favor will. What has God asked you to do? Up to this point, God just asked her to be a Jewish woman. And she did it consistently and faithfully. And that rendered the favor of God. Sometimes we feel like when we're doing insignificant tasks, we're not making a difference. We think God is just overlooking at it, overlooking us, but I, I would I would argue it's quite the opposite. I think it's when we are faithful in the little things that renders big results. God doesn't jump us straight to the big things for his kingdom. He's saying, Will you grow where I planted you? Will you be faithful what I've given you? Mary, What made her favored? She was consistent and faithful with where she was planted. And then one day, an archangel showed up in her house and said, greetings, favored woman of God, the Lord is with you. Be consistent and faithful. And God's favor will rest on you. Let's keep going. Confused and disturbed. You ever wonder why she was confused and disturbed? Maybe, just maybe, it's because she was consistent and faithful with meaningless and minuscule tasks of everyday life. She's like, I'm just going to the well to get water every morning. I'm just preparing dinner for my family. I'm just doing laundry. I'm just you know, doing what women do in the first century. I'm not doing anything special. That's probably why she was confused. It wasn't like she was ruling a town or she was a mayor or she wasn't like, she didn't have a high position. So when he shows up and says, highly favored woman, the Lord is with you. She's confused because she's like, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do faithfully. Like how? Mary tried to think, What the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be Very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. What's so interesting about this? is the Lord confirms a miracle that he's about to work in Mary by showing her another miracle that he's worked in her relative. So often, sometimes we see people, the Lord blessing other people, and we get jealous, like, I can't believe they're pregnant, or maybe, I don't think, ever, I don't think any woman's ever been jealous of a pregnant woman. But, like, oh, like, but the Bible says we we rejoice with those who rejoice and we mourn with those who mourn. So, so this this idea is the Lord saying this is a good thing. And and the proof that I'm going to do it in you, I've done it in her. And I and I think this is I think this is key when you are walking faithfully with the Lord. And you start seeing the Lord bless people around you in big ways. Let that be, number one, encouraging. Number two, rejoice for them. And also, number three, it's probably going to happen to you. Just be faithful. Keep being faithful. That's literally what the Lord did. He said, hey, you're going to get pregnant, and your your son is going to be the son of God. And it's going to be a miraculous conception. But also, your cousin who was barren for years, I gave her a miraculous conception through her husband. And that is a miracle that I've worked. Mary could have been like, really jealous? Instead, she rejoiced for her cousin and then right after this, she went and visited her? So... I just think it's so interesting how the Lord threw these things together as confirmation that I'm gonna bless you, but look at the blessing of those around you. Don't get jealous, be joyful because yours is coming. When you are faithful, your blessing is coming. People used to oh, can you go back? People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Let's keep going. And then he says this, For the word of God will never fail. Some manuscripts read, For nothing is impossible with God. Both are true. Whether your translation says, For nothing is impossible with God, or the word of God will never fail. If God said it, He'll do it. And if it's impossible, He'll do it. And from my my opinion is the more impossible it is, the more likely it's God that said it. God doesn't tell us to do things that we can do on our own. He tells us to do impossible things all the time so He can get the glory. Let's keep going. Verse 38, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Now let's jump over to Matthew chapter 1. I have to go backwards a couple books. First chapter in the New Testament. If you have a Gideon's Bible, you have to go through Psalms and Proverbs to get there. They call it a Gideon's New Testament, but they still put Psalms and Proverbs in there. Verse 18, it says, This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. So I'm sure you guys have heard this, but it wasn't just an engagement. This is some, sometimes things can be lost in translation when we go from culture, especially a first century culture to now, uh, Greek or Hebrew to now, an engagement was legally binding. So like I was engaged before I got engaged to Amy. How that ended was, I said, we should not see each other anymore. And that was it. I didn't have to go file a court. I didn't, it was just like. Also, can I have that engagement ring back? I know, that's. I, I didn't reuse it. Don't get me wrong. That's. I didn't. But. I know that sounds so bad. <laughs> I'm like now. Gosh, he's a jerk. My parents insisted that I got it back, and I was. I should have just. Whatever. Oh. Uh, keep going, Ryan. Focus. I'm, keep, I'm gonna. I'm gonna all right. I didn't have to I didn't have to go to the court. I didn't have to do anything. I just it was just we ended the relationship. In the first century, when you were engaged, so to speak, betrothed, you had to get divorced. Yeah, has has the marriage been consummated? Not yet. They have not had the marriage ceremony yet. But they were as good as married legally to the Jewish people. So, for Joseph, this is not just as simple as, uh, well, we're going to see other people. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the Lord said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel um, of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus today I want to give you two thoughts about this one kind of from each passage the first thought is God's plans God's plan seems inconvenient until it happens Say with me, until it happens. Until it happens. This is a very loaded statement. God's plan seems inconvenient until it happens. How many of you guys have been there? The Lord asked you to do something that seemed really inconvenient. Like, but Lord, I have to move my family. But Lord, that means like I have to, it doesn't make sense. Lord, you want me to do that? It's inconvenient, right? So often the Lord asks of us things that inconvenience us. It doesn't make sense at the time. You're looking through it like, then then you start quoting scriptures, at least I do, like, Lord, you said... John 10.10 10 says, you come to give me life and life to the full. This is an utter inconvenience to that. You want me to give what away? There was one time when we were youth pastors, I was praying about what to give to missions. And we are going on a missions trip um, that summer, and it was in January, and I was praying, I was like, okay, Lord, how do you want us to give to missions this year? She, he, and, and this is what I felt like he said. He said, I want you to give $200 per student that goes on this missions trip. I'm like, yes, I loved it. Like, it hit me. Like, it just overwhelmed me when that thought went through my head. I just started crying. I was like, absolutely, God. And then reality hit me. How does Amy feel about this? And also, I don't know how many students are going And also, like all these, I'm like, Lord, if this is what you want us to do, I want you to confirm it in my wife, because we are one. And I told Ames, and she said, yes, let's do it. And then she's like, how many students are going? I'm like, we don't know yet. (laughs) That could get pricey, right? And... We ended up having three students go, and I said, okay, Lord, we'll do this, 600 bucks. We were youth pastors at the time, and I said, but you're going to have to wait till we get our tax return. <laughs> and so we waited, and luckily that year, that was the first year we got to claim Sky on our taxes, so we got a tax return. And um, um, Amy called me. The day it, we had six after we paid we paid off some debt college debt and we we, uh, um, we just paid some stuff off and and we had six hundred dollars left and we set it aside and, and Amy Amy called me she goes are you sure you hurt from the Lord <laughs> She's like because like I'm like and and I and I I said I, this is the first time I said this but I said I'm pretty sure. But it never hurts to be a blessing. It's kind of like our, our unwritten motto on the board. It never hurts to be a blessing. And so Amy said, okay. And she sent the check in to the church for these students to go. And within 15 minutes, <laughs> like it was inconvenient. Because like to us, oh, like 600 bucks was like, might as well have been a million dollars to us as a youth pastor. Um, and Within 15 minutes of her saying, "Okay, I sent it. It's in the Lord's hands," I said, "Praise God!" A lady walks into our church and she says, "I really feel like I need to talk to your youth pastor." She was part of the church, and they said, "Ryan, come on up here." She walks up and shakes my hand. She said, "I was driving past the church, and the Lord told me to do this." And she gave me a thousand dollars. Like you can't make this stuff up. It seemed inconvenient. Until it happens, you get this. Like this, this is the mind-blowing part of that. We gave that. The Lord told me in January we didn't get our tax return till March. You think it's coincidence that the Lord? She was driving past the church as I'm on the phone with Amy as she sends it via um, the internet to our church. That. The Lord could have laid on her heart any time in between January and March to do that. But he laid on her heart the moment we sent it in. She said, I had to turn around and come back to the church because I felt this so strong. It seems inconvenient until it happens. We step into a moment here in scripture where Joseph is trying to make Let's just be real. Like, I'm not one for censorship. I have a freedom of speech, but I want, I'm going to say something, and you could be offended or not. I will say this. Your level of offendability is directly tied to your level of maturity. So if you get easily offended, that means you're pretty immature. Before I say this, Joseph was trying to make the best he could out of a crap sandwich, I, I just I want you to think about this. Joseph is engaged to be married to this amazing woman. She did everything consistently and faithfully. She's going to make him a great wife, probably give him many sons and daughters, which she ended up doing. And then all of a sudden, the worst thing could ever happen to a Jewish man. His fiance, who he had never been with, He was a holy man, a righteous man, the Bible says, gets pregnant. And throughout human history at that point, which is about 4,500 years, pregnancy only occurs one way. And since that moment, pregnancy only occurs one way. There's two components to it. So he's like, "Well, snap. What am I supposed to do?" Legally, he probably could have had her stoned. If he would have went public with this, he probably could have had her put to death, because she had, apparently, sexual immorality, adultery. She wasn't married. she had sex outside of marriage. Yet, in his heart, he loved her. So he's saying, okay, I can't move forward with her because she's having another person's child. That was a trespass against me. But I love her and we have this relationship. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to divorce her quietly. I'm not going to shame her publicly. She can go off and live with family and raise this child and I will find another. Another. He's trying to do right by her, even in this situation. And so he, had, he and Mary had plans. They had a life planned out. I know when Amy and I got married, we had plans. We were going to go be youth pastors until we died. And I'm not a youth pastor anymore. Because God's plans seem inconvenient until they happen. We loved youth ministry, and then Amy got up in age, and she said, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) But they had plans. They had a whole life. And then so Joseph shifted. And he went to plan B. Divorce her quietly. And that's what I'm gonna do. And then God threw in plan C, which was God's plan A all along. And it was inconvenient. God's plan interrupted his first plan. God's plan interrupted his second plan. And it was inconvenient both times, because get this. Now, try to explain in this culture, because we don't really get it. People get pregnant all the time out of wedlock. It's it's. Just as popular or populous as it is within marriage, if not more. We don't even give it a second thought anymore. But in the first century, now Joseph's name is going to be drug through the dirt. Oh, yeah, you've never had relations with her, huh? Oh, yeah, there's going to be talk. Oh, oh, shit, yeah. How is she having? A baby three months into your marriage, or how does she have a baby before you guys had the ceremony? Oh, and she's ne- you've never had, and she's never had. Re- oh, uh huh. Now, now they're probably both being called adulterers, and and like their closest friends would probably believe them. For instance, Elizabeth, she believed him because she was when when Mary showed up with Jesus and her tummy... And John the Baptist was in Elizabeth's tummy. Guess who got filled with the Holy Spirit? John the Baptist in the womb. He jumped, filled with the Spirit right then and there when he encountered the Messiah. Jesus' pl- God's plan for Mary and Joseph was so inconvenient. But yet, it's the plan that brought salvation to the world. God set up a kingdom, an eternal kingdom. Imagine Joseph at the end of his life saying, when is this kid going to step on a throne? And yet he never got to live to see it. And then imagine Mary at the foot of the cross, seeing her son die, and yet thinking back to this visitation from an angel. And you're saying he, he, he's going to reign on David's throne forever, but yet he's dying on a Roman cross. God's plan seems inconvenient until it happens proverbs sixteen nine says something very powerful and i and for me, this is one of those verses that I fall back on a lot. Because I, I have all sorts of dreams for what I want to see God do in C1. I have dreams for what I want to see God do through people in C1. And sometimes when my reality doesn't line up with my expectation, I can be very discouraged. That makes sense. And I think all of us get in those mindsets, even like with, within, within um, you know, we all have, like, Amy had this beautiful plan for our life, and then she realized, I can't be tamed. So I'm sure, or trained. I'm not house trained. No. But, like, we all have expectations. Like, I had expectations for marriage and then reality set in, and she had expectations for marriage, and reality set in, and then what do you do with that? What, what, do, you, what do you do with that when, when your reality doesn't line up with your expectation, and, and that's what Mary and Joseph find themselves in. They're, they're in the middle of God's plan, but they thought, well, isn't marriage God's plan? Isn't having a family God's plan? Isn't all this other stuff God's plan? But yet, God's Th- their reality didn't line up with their plan. What do you do? And, and I think Proverbs sixteen nine hits the nail on the head. We make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So maybe when your reality is not lining up with the plan that you had for this point in your life, maybe you need to step back and say, am I trying to dictate to God what I want my life to look like or am I following the steps that he's laid out for me? Because those are two different things. One is saying, God, you serve me and the other one's saying, God, I serve you. And if we're willing, like Mary and Joseph, I mean, even think about Joseph for a moment. Mary told him the story. An angel came to me and I'm pregnant because of the Holy Spirit. He didn't believe it. Hence why he was going to divorce her. Then he had a dream. Then he had to wake up from a dream and think, God, was that you or was that me? Was that dream because she told me about the story or was this dream truly from God? It wasn't like the same thing because Mary literally had an angel show up to her while she was wide awake. Joseph God infiltrated his dreams to give him this word and then he had to wake up and think what do I do? Was that me or was that God? Was that the pizza I ate last night? And yet he stepped in faith. Think about the faith of this man. And and there's, there's the answer. God's plans seem inconvenient until it happens. God, I don't know If this plan is you. But I'm going to step in faith, believing it is, and trust you. A man makes his plans, but the Lord orders his steps. If you want to walk and step with the Holy Spirit, you've got to put your faith in the plan that he has for you, even if you're not sure. And if you were sure, it probably wouldn't be faith. Faith isn't for sure. Faith is, I have faith this will happen regardless of my circumstances. If it was for sure, it would probably be called certainty. And we can't have certainty in stuff. We could be certain that God's going to keep his word. But when it comes to stepping and walking in faith and the plans that God plays in our ways in our heart, and we're like, okay, God... This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. But I'm going to step. Okay, God, I'm going to move my family. I'm going to step. Okay, God, I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to step. This, um, this last week, um, I, I had to go to the bank. And on the way out, there was this lady parked beside me. And um, I just saw her in the passenger seat. And very clearly, the Lord said, pray with her. It was just like, it was this passing thought that went through my head. It was just like, pray with her. Well, as an obedient man of God that I am, I got in my car, and I backed up, and I started to pull out. And then it went through my head again. What are you doing? Pray with her. So I'm like, all right. Like, I, I don't I don't know if this is the Lord, though. Like, I, I'm trying to just, like... Is this just me? Because I I pray with a lot of people a lot. And so, like, I'm like, is this just like a reflex? Or do I really need to pray with her? I'm trying to, like, determine this. And so I back up and I park right back. And then I knock on her window and startle her. And then I said, ma'am, I would betray my conscience if I don't pray with you. And she goes, oh, buddy, oh, man, I have some prayer needs. And she loves the Lord, and, man, we just prayed for several people in her life, and it was just such a God moment, but it completely disrupted my plans. Like, I needed to get to the other bank before their, their person that signs documents leave. I I needed to leave, but the Lord said no. You might seem inconvenienced at the time, but in time, you will see at the right time that God is working for you every time. I'm gonna read that again because it's a lot. But if you're taking notes, I'm gonna read it slowly because this is so true. With God's plans, you might seem inconvenienced at the time, But in time, you will see at the right time that God is working for you every time. The second thought I'm going to hit you with really fast is God's answer seems or is impossible until it happens. God's answer is impossible until it happens. If you're not willing to be inconvenienced by God, you will never see God doing impossible through you or for you. I, I'm a firm believer in that. Maybe in his grace he might, but I believe that we, there has to be this willingness to be inconvenienced for God to use us. Every Jesus's ministry is a clear example. I would challenge you, man, maybe you start the year off um, with reading the gospels but go read the miracles of Jesus Mark's gospel is a great one it has the most miracles in it every almost every one of Jesus' miracles is Jesus being inconvenienced Jesus son of david have mercy on me he has to Jesus is walking to another town he gets inconvenienced lepers run up to him can you heal me he has to stop and and Technically, if you touch a leopard under Hebrew law, it makes you unclean. But Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, he was so full of the Holy Spirit, he touched the leopards and they became clean. But he was inconvenienced. Every time, the woman with the issue of blood, what does she do? Reach up and grab his garment. Why is this like, well, how is that inconveniencing him? She tried to do it nonchalantly. He was on his way to raise a little girl from the dead. Jairus showed up. He he literally just cast out demons. He was going to preach to the Decapolis. He's on his way. This guy named Legion runs out, and he says, Son of God, why are you here? Don't, you know, and Jesus cast out these 5,000 demons. And then they asked Jesus, the whole region Uh, is amazed that the demons left this guy and he's in his right mind. They're amazed, but then they said, hey, I need you to leave Jesus. inconvenienced. Jesus had plans for that region, but yet he turns around and makes that man the missionary to go and preach. He gets back across the lake. He gets out of the boat. As soon as he gets out of the boat, Jesus, come with me. My daughter's dying on the way woman touches the hem of his garment, and we, we know the story. She gets healed, and he goes, who's touched me? Like, daughter dying, he stops the pre- procession. Inconvenience. Imagine being Jairus at that moment. Like, come on, Jesus, my little girl. And he's like, no, i got to figure this out. Who touched me? And, and she, she steps forward, and he says, your faith has made you well. And then, as he's talking to this woman, they walk up and said, "Don't bother him anymore. Your daughter died." Imagine that news. And Jesus looks at the father and says, "Don't be afraid. Just have faith." And he then he goes from a miracle to a greater miracle, healing to resurrection. But it's inconvenienced. That's, that's not what, that's not his, that was, wasn't his plans. But because that's how God's answers work, though, in the midst of us being willing to be inconvenienced, he does impossible things. What did Mary say? She said, let everything that you said come to pass. I'm the Lord's servant. She was willing. To put her plans on hold for the impossible to be done. So often, we want God to do impossible in our lives, but we're not willing to be inconvenienced for God. We're not willing to stop for a moment to say, Lord, let your will be done. Too often, I think that as pastors, we're really guilty of this. But we say, God, here's my plans. Will you bless them? God, here's what I want to do with my life. Will you bless it? Instead of saying, God, here's my life. Do what you want. Here I am, Lord, use me. There's a clear difference. A man makes his plans, but the Lord orders his steps. When we look at the state of our nation, the state of how things and the, the vision, it can seem impossible. People are losing their minds. People are, it just seems like common sense is flying out the window. Like, I mean, it's like a Black Friday deal. Just the people that got it, got it, and there's no more to go around. It could seem impossible. Like, how do we even talk to people that are so thoroughly lost about the gospel? It seems like they want nothing to do with God. I can say this if God can make a virgin conceive and save the world through that child, He can save our nation our county, our town, he can save that neighbor, that that granddaughter, that niece that seems so thoroughly lost. Because here's the thing with light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Then he turns around and said, you're the light of the world. Light works best in darkness. Light works best in darkness. So it might seem impossible to reach people around us but God's answer is impossible until it happens, so how i want to how I want to end today is I want us to think about impossible in our in our lives. Maybe you're here today in You have an impossible situation, and you're like, Mary, how is this going to work out? God's word will always come to pass, and God does impossible. That's what he does. And so I want us to bring impossible to him, not out of fear, but in faith. Like, Lord, you can do this, and I believe you will. For me, I have a niece I have a niece that I've been lifting up in prayer. She's so thoroughly lost and far from Jesus. She's convinced that she is someone else. She's listened to the lie of the enemy so strongly that she's convinced that she is no longer who God created her to be. It seems impossible when I talk to her. Like, Man, God, she's so lost. The light seems so. Far, the light of the gospel seems so far. But let me tell you, light penetrates darkness. And quite frankly, darkness has no definition except the absence of light. And so, maybe you have a family member that is so wrapped up in darkness, it seems impossible. Maybe you have a circumstance that seems impossible. Let's bring things to a God that does impossible. And maybe you're here today, and you need to give your life to Jesus. The first impossible thing that Jesus ever did was he provided salvation to the lost. If you're watching online, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior... It's as simple as Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come be Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that God raised you from the dead. And I believe that you're the son of God. When you make Jesus Lord of your life, you become a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. You are not who you were. And if you're here today and you need to make Jesus Lord of your life, you've never got second birth. You've never been born again into the family of God. We're here today to introduce you to God. Maybe you're here today and you have not been walking with Jesus. You're like, I've I've given him my life, but I have not been walking. I haven't been making him priority. And there's some things I need to repent of in my life. If that's you, we want to pray with you but it's really as simple as Jesus be Lord forgive me in making myself king let's stand if you need prayer we'll be up here let's bring impossible to God God's plan seems inconvenient until it happens. Maybe God's laying some inconvenient things on your heart and you just need to surrender to him. Say, okay, God, do what you want to do in my life. I'm willing to be inconvenienced for you. The moment you make that commitment, that's the moment you'll start seeing God do impossible things through you. Maybe you need, maybe you've made that commitment and you just have impossible situations. Let's live, lift them up to a God that does impossible.